welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This episode is Jim Capra, Tyler, and myself, and we're talking about indoor training, bike trainers, uh, goals for 2022, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company. You can visit them at statebicycle.com. They have a whole bunch of really cool bikes and apparel and tools, all kinds of Christmas gifts. They've got specials going on right now. If you spend a certain amount, you can get a $250 gift card back to their online shop. So really cool stuff there. Check them out at statebicycle.com. You can also use code Adventure Audio and get free shipping with them. The podcast is also brought to you by the Black Bibs, who are the home to the legendary $40 bib shorts. They do a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. They've got some really great winter gear right now too. So check them out at theblackbibs.com. And the podcast is lastly brought to you by Wheel Science. You can visit them at wheelscience.com. We've had Peter Coom on the podcast. We'll have him back on when you, if you guys have wheel questions about a build or anything else, aerodynamics. If you listen to that episode, you know that Peter knows what he's talking about. So give us some feedback on that and send us some questions and we'll get some questions off to Peter. You can visit them at wheelscience.com. Also, you can use code Adventure Audio there, which will give you 10% off with wheels from Peter. On to this episode of the podcast and we will be back. We have at least a few more episodes that we're going to get recorded with some great guests here before the holiday season. And we'll also be doing some 2021 highlights. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening. of that indoor trainer are you i sure am somebody <laughs> was asking me about winter running yesterday actually and tips and like what do you wear for footwear and stuff like that i'm like you have to ask me five years ago because <laughs> now i'm just riding my bike indoors i'm not running outside in the wind well that's not true i mean i still do but not not avidly i wouldn't say those thick neoprene shoe covers are great for this time of year for cycling yeah 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 Yeah. if you can keep your hands and feet warm like tyler you've got the lobster claw like hand covers don't you for your fat bike i have the lobster claw gloves and um yeah the covers covers. yeah and those boots those big boots yeah 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 i like riding i like i like getting outside when i can you know are you pretty impervious wearing that stuff like can you handle quite a bit of cold yeah for sure for sure but you know, it, it takes a while to get ready in the winter, so that's that's kind of the trade-off, right? And that's why, right? A lot of people like you, Pete, you're busy. You know, you have busy job, family, and right, you got what forty-five minutes to an hour to ride. So, yeah, yeah, I'm remarkably consistent. Yeah, but it's it's very like it, it. That's usually what it is, unless unless like when spring comes around, obviously, and I'm training up for something epic, then I try and get out. For longer rides but i actually i realized this is a this is actually an interesting training topic i think i didn't ride a century last year but i rode two doubles but i never even rode a century preparing lots of 100 k's 100 and something like i would do that kind of once a week i'd get out for 100 125 k or something like so like three to four hours hard uh but then did two 200 milers so so wow. in in preparing for your uh, your Everesting, you know, I've I've been a big proponent of getting that that massive ride in, like a two hundred mile ride in. It doesn't your training doesn't all have to be just 
endless volume. In fact, that becomes pretty counterproductive quickly. But okay, after having done it, how beneficial was that long ride for you? Was that good? What do, What are your thoughts on it? I think it was psychologically beneficial for sure to know that I could cover that big of a distance. Although like I kind of was pretty sure that I could like, unless something went like noticeably wrong, like, a, like an injury or a mechanical or something like that. I was pretty sure that I could do that where the Everesting definitely freaked me out more, but to have a double century under your belt, like that's still a small percentage of cyclists that can say they've ever ridden a bike that far. So I was like, okay, that's, that was pretty good, you know, that's a, but, but, that's a lot. That's a long ways. I've never, I've never ridden. I've never done a ride that long. I don't think I have either. Well, then we gotta, we gotta check that box for both of you. It's, <laughs> it's only know. a matter. It's know. only a matter of nutrition at that point, right? Like to, mm. you know, buy buy a mechanical. Yeah. You can just keep doing it. You just fitness. stay alert and and stay. Fitness. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Fitness, yeah, fitness involved. You cruised yeah. like it was nothing. That was. You uh, you put in a lot of uh, a lot of hard work last year. You crushed it. You sure did. Yeah, uh, you've inspired a lot. Of you have. It's cool that you know people that you've never met. That, that's cool and weird to think about, but uh, it's definitely cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's flattering to think that 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 reached people and, um, yeah. I don't know. Don't know what to say about that. That's amazing. That's really so. Cool. Pete, what do you what do you got in store for twenty twenty two? Do you think you're gonna attempt another Everesting challenge? I think I have to now. So as you yeah. guys both know, I've started hosting the Everesting podcast as well. So Andy Van Bergen asked me to do that, and I I just couldn't I couldn't say no to that. For I, sure. I mean, there's yeah. there's always reasons not to, right? That goes. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like it goes back to the rich roll theory of say yes to things. And then see what happens. So I did, but it's, but I knew, like I knew, with that would come having to do another Everesting of some version, right? So that's um, I, I think I'm going to do the Rome, which we've talked about before. I think I'm going to try and do the 10K Rome, which is a, a 36 hour challenge. So this is a timed challenge rather than an untimed challenge, but you are allowed to sleep. Although, depending on what your ride looks like, you probably can't sleep that much unless you're an absolute rocket. Because you have to do 10,000 meters of elevation gain and a minimum of 400 kilometers in 36 hours. So if things are going well, I think you could probably have a six to seven hour break in there. So that would include, you know, gearing down, having a proper shower, proper meal, proper sleep, hopefully, and then gearing back up and getting back out and kind of making it feel like two rides as much as you can. But you could very quickly get into, if you get into any kind of weather or mechanical trouble or flats, or you could, you really start to have to eat up that, that allocated rest time pretty fast. So I could see getting into a situation where that suddenly becomes like three and a half hours and you're just yeah. like, shit, so, shit, I got to try to get some rest here and get back. The, the Rome is exactly what it sounds like, right? It does not have to be on uh, the same hill. Yeah, exactly. So in that opens up a whole bunch of really, really cool road planning opportunities. And uh, Tyler and I are actually going to talk to somebody later this week that will get published hopefully in the next little bit who did one in Europe and he was able to string together a ride in a hilly enough region where he didn't need to do any repeats. It was like wow. one continuous, like I think he did a loop, not even an out and back. And he was able to get the requisite distance and mileage 
and bang out the whole thing. Those roads, they, they, they don't exist in North America, to my knowledge. I don't think that succession of roads. We have some cool steep epic climbs here, but they're not like all right by each other. And they're often not uh, passable, right? Where you get up and over and into another opportunity to start gaining more elevation. And they, they certainly don't exist near me. So it definitely requires repeats. So in order to do it local, that'll probably, I'll probably try and string together like the 10 or 12 kind of hardest local roady climbs in Calgary and around Calgary. And then I'll divide it by the number of meters per hill that I need, whether that's 800 meters or a thousand, depending on how many hills I have. And then I'll ride between them and I'll just bang out my necessary repeats. And then I'll ride to the next hill and then I'll do it again. And I'll hopefully, hopefully do it in such a way where maybe I can get like around 6,000 meters on the first day and then try and finish it after a short rest. So you could start at like 7 a.m. Saturday and then you got to be done by 6 p.m. Sunday. Right. Brutal. Brutal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Count me out. So, Count me out. So, <laughs> I, I invited Jim and he was intrigued. intrigued. I could sell. Yeah. So I'll do that. And then um, my buddies, Kelly and Dave. So shout out to both of those guys. He, they, they and I are planning to try and ride from, I think I've mentioned this to you guys too. We're planning to try and do a Jasper to Calgary in a day, which is like 400 and a bit kilometers. That's so great. 400k in a day. Very we'll try cool. and do that. So, oh. but the last, the last 150 kilometers are mostly downhill. So <laughs> that's my <laughs> way from Lake Louise to Calgary. I guess that's about 180k. It's net downhill. You can the last the- half. Uh. Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm selling it. Um, I like yeah, it. So that's so all I've got all of that being planned, which definitely keeps me motivated. I, I don't feel like I can take an extended period of time off um and ramp back up to that or that i i don't feel like i want to take an extended period of time that's a but that's a great um subject matter to kind of bring up right now i mean we're we're early december and uh you know people have been riding their bikes all year long and uh jim how how what do you recommend to people that have been uh you know riding and racing their bikes for a full season what do what do you recommend for taking some time off off the bike completely off the bike yeah i'm here to do it um you know especially somebody like pete that put in you know some massive epic rides and people that are racing or you know doing a lot of events pick a time in the winter where you can get you know a solid a solid at least week rest week and it doesn't mean you know sit on the couch and just let the wheels come off but stay off the bike and just take it easy maybe do some other activities get out and maybe some easy hikes or um you know stuff like that but just mix it up give your give your body a chance to rest and we like people it's always a hard sell but we like people to actually lose just a little bit of fitness over that rest period you know because it's something that should should always ebb and flow and it's it's crucial lose a little fitness and then you know you'll start building it back up in the spring but um it's it's a good time of year to to, to take a good break, both physically and mentally. That all being said, rumor has it, Pete, you're gonna do um, an indoor half cover. Point down the don't, don't say that publicly yet. Okay. Too late, I can't edit it out now. Yeah, I won't commit it. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, why but, not? Like, but hey, that, it doesn't seem. Oh, 
Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, I, back to that point, I think it's really important to take a rest, you know, whether it's a week, two weeks, three weeks, you know. At the uh, height of my career, I'd take a month off. It was painful. I, I stressed out about it because I was like, I'm going to lose all my fitness, but I, I took a month off the bike, you know. So I That's think uh, I think time off is important. Sure, yeah. sure. I guess it sure, depends on what sure. you're trying to accomplish, though, right? Sure. Because, like, people – okay, so <laughs> – Jim, Jim coaches me every day, so he knows that he sends me a rest day workout, and then I usually don't take a rest day. <laughs> like he, he knows that, so I'm obviously not good at because you see what I do. So I'm obviously not good at taking that advice. But like I just read an article about this lady who broke the the year mileage record, and she rode every day. She rode like 330 kilometers every day for 365 yeah. days. So. But could that person go in and perform their very best that are in a racing environment with that kind of volume? Obviously not. Probably so not. totally, no. totally different than what you were doing. So I guess it, yeah. it kind of depends, right? You know, I, I would say one thing, Pete, you're, I think you're pretty good. I think you're really good, actually, at listening to your body. And I don't feel like you're putting yourself into a hole. And even though, yeah, you're not the best student when it comes to taking it easy, You've gone from putting in these, you know, these literally these Everesting rides in the summer outdoors. Now you're doing short workouts indoors. So it's still a rest period, right? It, winter in Canada is in general a rest period. But yeah. we'd still like you to That's be able, a good point. you know, you're doing, you know, 40, 30, 45 minute, one hour indoor rides. That's that's a rest in volume for someone like you. After that's a did. that's a good point. Yeah, you go from twelve but, hours a week to seven is a, is a big change, right? It, you know, um, it would be good for you at some point. A lot of time around the holidays is a good time to you know just take a week at least, or five days. Take a work week, get some good rest. I think uh, <laughs> Tyler's more. saying more. I'm it's saying more. Yeah, I try to say it at least, knowing that all right. After about a week, people get stir crazy, and then you're gonna. Anyhow, you can commit to that first. Um, I'll tell you from experience, I don't, I'm not saying this is, you know, you're in imminent danger of this, but rest ultimately wins, right? It's going to be, it's either going to be scheduled rest, which is what we prefer. That's, that's ideal. Or it's going to be forced rest. You get sick, you get injured, you know, you burn out. Motivation also, people should realize it doesn't have to be at a constant high. It shouldn't be. It's just yeah. like it ebbs and flows too. So yeah, it's time here to give yourself a little break, but I know you're hard charging. Okay. Uh, advice heated. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're supposed to be taking a family holiday in February. Hopefully we can keep that on the rails <laughs> with travel plans. So maybe I can, maybe I can do it then. So February 29th to 30th is when you're resting. It's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, well, we're supposed to be gone for around 10 days. So maybe if I only rode for a day or two in there. Pete, that, you got to rest helps. hard. You got to be able to rest hard to ride your bike fast. For sure, right? If you're always kind of riding, not always kind of pushing and not back, really giving your body a complete rest, you know, you can, you can be like pretty good all the time, but not very good anytime. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. And, and I so. do believe that to be true, right? And now isn't that you certainly don't want to try and peak now. That doesn't make any sense. Well, depending on where you live, but certainly not here, sure. right? Sure. 
but you got a big you got a big year ahead of you, right? So just be be, be a little plan. bit careful. Be a little bit careful, and like when you're you know teeter tottering on whether you're tired or motivated to ride, you know maybe once in a while just take that day off. You know, get out for a walk with your dog or get out for a jog. Yeah, and I'm, like I'm often squeezing that, all that stuff in too. So I mean, it definitely adds up. Yeah, yeah. You're good at time management. That's for sure. Yeah, just <laughs> but only by necessity, not because of some innate talent. It's because every time something gets wedged in or some opportunity that I don't want to say no to, you just need to start to. There's there's always some time suck or waste of time that you that you figure out that you've been doing when yeah. when you need that time, right? But if you don't need it, you're apt to waste it. So you're you look. Uh, we're we're on a video call right now, so we can we can see one another. And you still, I mean, you look fit. You guys, you both do. But um, Tyler always like, oh, I love. I'm I'm over my Everesting weight. That's this means sure. you. That's, this means you look skinny. That's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. good. Yeah, so, I wanted to, I wanted to be over my Everesting weight. Um. So now that you're, you know, your rides aren't as long, and you're indoor more. Have you adjusted? how you're eating a little bit over the winter? That's another good question. Um, yeah, probably not in the best way. I've just allowed myself the odd additional treat here and there, the odd latte and things <laughs> I would normally strip out if I was trying to create more of a caloric de deficit. But I, I felt like I had a little bank, right? Like I really didn't care if I put on a few pounds through the winter because I know exactly how to lose them in the spring yeah. if I want to. And I'm just, and I just wanted to give, I guess maybe that's partly my break. That's partly my rest period is where I'm like, yeah, I'll put in my, when Jim sends me a workout, I'm going to try and bang out that workout the way that he sent it to me. I'm going to work like when it's time to work, work. And then, you know, a little permission to be a little more relaxed um, in other places. Cause with an Everesting, like I wasn't, I wasn't willing to, um, to, not take advantage of every possible way that I thought I could get it done, right? And then that was one of them, was to be kind of be as lean as I could, right? Yeah. That was definitely one of the boxes to check to give myself a chance to get it finished, um, where right now I, I don't need that advantage, so I'm just going to relax a little. So that's I guess that's partly one of my ways that I'm resting more. And also I'm not getting up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock almost every Sunday morning to go ride for four or five hours, right? Before the like dad life starts. So, and I'm not doing that every weekend. So in some ways I think there's a built in rest. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, so Jim, yeah. what kind of, you know, I'm looking to, I haven't ridden the indoor trainer in a long time. Uh, I like where this is going. <laughs> but you know, but I've been kind of playing around with the idea. Like, it's, you know, I'm a dad now and my, I've even less, Less time to get outside and work out. Speaking of time management, right? So I've been, um, yeah, I've been contemplating. Should I get a, you know, indoor trainer? You know, I. And what, what's, okay. and I ha I've asked you this before, but might as well talk about it on the podcast. I, you um, definitely put your dues in indoors on the trainer. So, you know, if you had ever, at one point, I think you'd sworn off it, and I think that is yeah. totally fine after you know the time and volume you put in indoors, but. Since you're, you know, curious and your life has gotten busy, congratulations. You got a got a little guy at home. So yeah, you know, I think that especially in Montana in the winter, when you can just 
you know, go into the garage or into the basement for 45 minutes and boom, you're good. It's, it's a good use of your time. And it's, you know, it gives you more energy throughout the day and it helps you feel good mentally. So the fact that you're talking about a trainer must mean that you're ready to watch out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they've changed so much since probably the last time you've been on one, right? Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah. they're smart trainers where wheel off where uh, the trainer has essentially a cassette on it, which, you know, your bike, um, you just put the chain on as if it was its own wheel. And sure. right. uh, several smart. Trainers. And I think that you're going to do any of the WIFT or, you know, trainer, any of the, the online platforms, um, the smart trainers, they make it that much more fun. So I think, I think you would get some enjoyment out of it. And I don't know, I use it. I use a kicker. Yeah. Um, right. Those are pretty popular. Um, you know, I think with everything in the, in the bike industry right now, equipment's a little tough to, to come by with COVID, but, um, you know, I tell people also, you can pick them up used, go on Craigslist or, you know, whatever. But, uh, it's a it's a whole nother experience and i think that you know once once we get you set up with your uh your indoor riding you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say man this is cool and i wish that they had this 15 years ago because it would have been a lot more pleasant (laughs) yeah i mean i've heard so many great things about riding inside now you know with zwift and trainer road and peloton right yeah yeah riding inside is becoming kind of cool i guess Right, Tyler. I guarantee if you if you are on Zwift and we do some Tyler Hamilton training rides or adventure audio rides or both together, the people would be really stoked to see the little virtual Tyler on their screen. For oh. sure. Oh. they have no drop rides, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's cool. Pete and I did a workout together what a couple weeks ago on Zwift. That, that was a savage workout. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Now, sure. Jim, okay, explain to us how that how how does that yeah. work? Because you would have different pro- training protocol for yourself, wattage requirements and stuff than me. Or did we, or were we doing the same workout? Or I'm assuming yours was calibrated more so, to your FTP, etc. Yeah, right. Basically, what Zwift does is you can either enter on your own your your FTP, your threshold, whatnot, or they have they can compute it for you. You can do a ramp test, etc. Um, but if, if you're going to be doing custom workouts that Zwift creates, it's important that your FTP is accurate. And then what it does is if we're doing the same workout, it just, each interval is a percentage of your FTP. So, you know, something might be at 90% or 110% or 75, the actual wattage could be different if our, you know, FTP is, is if the gross number is different, but right. Yeah, but so then, then it, yeah, but then everybody suffers equally based on your ability level, which is perfect for for exactly. group ride, right? It's actually yeah. it's actually better than riding outdoors in a lot of ways for group. We did a uh, a meetup where we're there, you know, our icons are riding together, doing the same workout, and no drop. So as long as you're as long as you pedal, you'll stay together regardless of of what wattage, what power you're putting out. It's fun. I mean, That's you're. Great. I'm here in Washington. It's 
cold outside and there we are riding together so it's a it's a cool social aspect of it for sure and i could look up the exact timing but i think within three or four minutes i was texting jim saying like this workout sucks man (laughs) really hard (laughs) it's good you're like oh my god there's two more of those yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that was was that kind of reaction that was a tough one for sure but it's fine i mean like you know boom good workout and it's done so we've uh, Oh, go ahead. We started getting a little group together on usually like Friday, Saturday mornings. People are interested. We can uh, we can add to it. It's it's a fun little little Tyler Hamilton training venture audio slash weekend warrior. Indoor. Okay, so everybody can uh, hit up Tyler on Instagram, tag him, make sure you tag him, <laughs> and uh, encourage him to get that training. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, hey, but Jim, so we're now officially in the off-season. What are some good um, activities to do in the off-season for, yeah. for cyclists? Uh, yeah. Off, you know, off the bike. I mean, for me, like myself, like right now, my, my, I think my core is pretty weak. I've been having some back pain. I know i got to get a, get a stronger core. And a lot of times, you know, you're riding your bike all year long, and you're not really doing those core activities. You yeah. Can, by you the know, end I, of the season, you can be pretty weak. So I know. I think- I think core work is is pretty important year round, right? Mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. up a little bit. Um, yoga, Tyler. I know that you enjoy yoga a, a yeah. lot. I know that you've got a lot of time to you know to get sessions in. But there are videos on YouTube where you know you can do ten minute yoga, no equipment sessions, yoga slash core workouts. I think that's great. I think it first of all should be something you enjoy. So yeah, even if you know, I, for myself, I kind of like, I like to keep it simple, like body weight core workouts that you can, you know, that are somewhat thick that you can, you know, kind of, kind of knock out 10, 10, 10 minutes if you have to, um, you know, with, with planks and, you know, body weight type movements. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any good, um, recommendations for like avoiding all the holiday treats or keeping that, um, Regime. Regime. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Here's here's what I would say is everything in moderation, right? Yeah. You don't have to you don't have to be a monk because it's not that's not healthy or fun. But you can you can also use this time of year to think of some of your training is that it might not be on the bike, but it's mental training. So maybe that means just cutting back a little bit on how much you would normally eat, you know, through the course of a bit, when you're out doing, you know, long rides multiple times a week, dial back a little bit. And that can be some of your training for the one, but, um, everything in moderation, it's okay to have, you know, a little, a little treat each day if you need it, but just don't go crazy. (laughs) That's a great point. Actually. I do. I do on a few rest days that I take. I definitely think about still trying to make some sort of forward progress, right? And then it feels a little less like you might be going backwards, which I know is psychological. Like I know that I'm not going backwards if I don't pedal for a day, but you know, eating really well or sneaking in a nap or uh, listening to some like really awesome or enriching podcasts or audiobooks or just yeah. doing something that day that is going to drive me forward in some respect. Yeah, you're, you're a cyclist. Your training doesn't always have to involve pedaling a bike. That's it's big. Part of 
probably shouldn't actually. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pete, you're really good at setting goals, right? You kind of always have, right? Can you, yeah, I mean, can you help us with it, that a little bit? Like, right, yeah, well, you're subjective. just naturally, it seems like you're always kind of setting new goals. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess it just sort of comes from a place of, of feeling like if I don't, I will be leaving stuff on the table, right? Which I just kind of hate the idea of. Like, it's okay right. if I'm not perfect at everything that I try and do, but I hate the idea of not being the best version of myself. I know that sounds corny, but like, no, it's great. It's really that's great. That's really where I think it comes from is the idea that I just can't, um, I, I just can't leave like a stone unturned if I can be better at something that's important to me, whether that's being a dad or a cyclist or a podcaster or anything, right? Like it right. doesn't mean I can do everything, but I sort of need to turn those stones over. And in order to do that, I need it to be attached to some sort of like bigger goal. Cause otherwise it just becomes, again, this sounds corny. Otherwise it's just a dream. It's just like sort of a nice to have. It would be cool if I could do that, which we all spent our whole lives doing about stuff. Yeah. And just it would be, if I could just, I'd love to go to that place, to some place you wanted to visit or, or a certain amount of money that you want to have or a vacation home or whatever it is, but we never break it down to like, how do we get from here to there? Right. That's the point of a goal. That's it is to just compartmentalize the work that's associated with getting there. So like Everesting is obviously a really easy example to use, but it, it had to involve certain performance markers, like riding a double century, like having a certain training volume per week. And I knew that the math worked. Like if I did these things, it would work rather than I'm, I know, I know people who have done this and I know lots of other people who I don't know that have done this, who say they're going to go try an Everest thing and probably fail quite spectacularly. And it's not because they can't do it. It's because they didn't treat it like a goal. They just thought it was like something they could just go out and try and do. And that applies to everything. It doesn't matter whether it's getting the big job or, or being a certain kind of parent or whatever. So that's a bit of a rant, but that it just comes from a place of like, I won't get it done unless I make a goal, make, which involves a timeline and involves smaller compartmentalized goals in order to achieve the bigger one. That's kind of it. That's I think great. you're on top of being good at setting goals. You're good at seeing them through, which is sure, which is the big, you know, the big difference. I know, you know, I know, I know a lot of people that are, you know, have a goal of losing weight for the last 20 years, every, you know, but you're, you're good at going to and through it. So actually, you know, achieving those goals. And I, I, I know that a good motivator for a lot of people and for someone like you that has a public platform is when you, when you make it known. So you put it on social media or you say it on the podcast. So there comes some accountability, but, um what do you so for you you're you know you you've explained how you create these goals but what do you think is important in actually seeing them through they should be important and uh actually achievable in your real life right so i mean anybody could go climb like real mount everest that could be your goal but if you are like me and you can't be in nepal for three months then it's like, what kind of a goal is that? Right. So like, first of all, it needs to fit in the context of your regular life and it needs to be achievable in that respect, because even though you might physically be able to accomplish that goal, 
it doesn't work right now. Like that's like for me, a, a huge bucket list goal is to ride across Canada. I can't do that right now. It doesn't fit right now. That's probably in, that's probably a decade away from when I might be able to do something like that and like commit that kind of time away from family and work commitments and stuff like that. That's okay. That doesn't mean that it isn't a goal. It just means that it isn't like in the immediate wheelhouse. Right? So make sure that you can actually do it gain support from your support system, whether that's friends or family or spouse or kids or parents or whatever, depending on where you are at your yeah. life, right? To tell them about it, get them on board. Cause if it's a bigger one, even if it's an entire day, a 24 hour event or something like that, like that's a big goal. And you're going to need people to understand why you want to do it, that there's a timeline associated with it, that you're not out of your mind. You're like, I've, this is this thing. This is when it's happening. I've got a name. Here's how I'm going to work up to that. Cause it might involve some flexibility on other people's parts. Right. Which you should also be trying to reciprocate when you can for their goals. Right now I'm lecturing you on how to manage your relationships, but it, like it, it's all, it's all connected, right. In order to like get them achieved happily um, and have your wife driving up and down a hill in the dark for five hours. Mm -hmm. so you can ride at her headlights, right? Like it's those, those are the types of efforts that sometimes are required by your support system. So tell them about it, tell friends, uh, fundraise, bet somebody in a friendly way, like whatever you got to do to create some immediate accountability. Cause it's so easy to let these things sort of like peter out. I could, I've, I've done it and people have done it to me where they're like, let's do this, like whatever. And then it just kind of like never happens. Right. And I'm sure you guys have done that too, or seen people do that. Mm -hmm. And it's because it was probably not the right goal to begin with, or you didn't start to create those tangible things. Yeah. So, so what's the first yourself short? Yeah. So what's the first step? Just writing it down. That's my first step. Yeah. That's my first step. Yeah. Look at it early and often yeah. and uh, make notes about it. Circle back to it. Like, and this is low tech. I think I told you guys this before. Like, like this is like an note section in my iPhone about goals compartmentalized to different parts of my life. Cause they've got often nothing to do with one another. Right. So you kind of build out those, those different like sections. Um, and then what do you need to do to get there? Right. So if that's a, if that's a family vacation, cause you want to take your family to Europe and it's going to cost $10,000. Well, where's the $10,000 going to come from? Right. Is it 18 months from now? Well, what is that per month? What do you need to do to, to get that money? Cause otherwise you're going to not go or you're going to put it on your freaking credit card when the time comes around. And those are both shitty plans, right? Like that's no good. So you have to break, like, what does that mean for every check every two weeks? And can we do that? And what is, and if we can't do that, where can we tighten the belt and like, just figure it out. But people don't, they don't put pens to paper and they don't actually do the math on what's required to get what they want. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. That's great. Good stuff. Thank you to Jim for making the time. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. As we always say, we really appreciate you making a little bit of your valuable time available to listen to the podcast. So thank you for spending your time with us. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, we do have a couple of really awesome guests that we have lined up that we're going to be recording with very soon. And we should be able to have those episodes out to you before the holidays, as well as some highlight episodes. And I hope everybody is uh, safe and well. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>